assessing the changes on the Twins roster after trading Luisa Rise, acquiring Pablo Lopez. Are they better, worse, the same? Where do things stand? It's all coming up on today's episode of Lockdown Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Sunday, January 22nd, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. Again, this is Nash Walker. Four seasons, four off seasons, I should say. Hosting a daily show on the Minnesota Twins. We are three days a week until pitchers and catchers report. Three seasons, regular seasons, hosting a daily show. And four seasons writing about the Twins at twinsdaily.com. A lot of questions, I think, over the weekend. This Luis Arise for Pablo Lopez deal dropped Friday. The news dropped. was official Friday. Matt and I recorded an episode. It's the most watched episode in Lockdown Twins YouTube history. So thank you. If you haven't watched it, you can go check that out where Matt and I have a conversation about the trade, I'm going to take a step back because I've gotten questions this weekend. I've also seen commentary. I've seen, I've listened, I've analyzed, you know, others writing about this deal. Are the twins better, worse, the same? Like, where do they stand compared to where they were before this trade? And I'm going to use Fangraph's depth charts because we looked at this last week to identify the needs on the roster. And one of them was the rotation. We're going we're gonna to use Fangraph's depth charts to tell us where the Twins are now. Where are they now compared to last week losing one of their best hitters but adding you know, a frontline starter, a one or a two, or maybe a low-end three, or a high-end three, rather, to the rotation? Where do they stand now on the roster for 2023? This does not include Salas and, and Churio, the prospects who came over in this deal, because they're not going to impact the 2023 roster. So this is about 2023. Are the Twins better, worse, or the same? You can break this down by position, and that's what I did here. At first base, before the trade, the Twins were projected to be a top 10 team in baseball. At first base, with wins above replacement, Luis Arise was a big chunk of that. So they went from tied for eighth projected wins above replacement from first base to 19th in projected wins above replacement, with Alex Kirilov now getting the bulk of that playing time on Fangraph's depth charts, their war number, dropped to 2.1 from 2.9 and that really notched them down a lot of slots because there was it was really congested in the middle there and that is absolutely a factor here the congestion of lineups rather than congestion of pitching staffs because I feel like there's a bigger drop off with a pitching staff than there is for a lineup and that goes either way to grow is a great thing and to lose can be detrimental with a pitching staff, right? I think there's a bigger drop-off. So they drop massively in first base projection. In DH, Luis Arise also projected to get playing time at DH. They were tied for 12th before the trade. Now they're tied for 15th, so they dropped in DH as well. But in starting pitching, they went from 20th to 17th. So they moved up three slots to 17th in, in the starting rotation. They went from 9.9 wins above replacement to 11.2 wins above replacement in the rotation in terms of batting 
war overall, they went from 11th to 12th. And in terms of pitching, they went from 18th to 13th because you make that big jump. They made a big jump in the pitching and they jumped over Cleveland and the White Sox as far as pitching projection war. And this is not an end all be all. This is just what we have to, to give you a more concrete look at the numbers because I like to rely on the numbers and what they say and the projections. In total, the Twins stayed at 13th in total projected wins above replacement on their roster for 2023. So they stayed where they were at 13th. Their pitching staff jumped. They took a little bit of a step back in terms of batting F4. They stayed in the same spot at 13th. And Cleveland still projected for more wins above replacement, almost three. I think it's like two and a half. But the Twins are second in the Central. White Sox are like one point something wins behind the Twins. And then you have a big drop off to the Royals and then the Tigers way down there in the basement of the central. And I think that's a good representation. I think the twins are still a couple additions away, still health away from catching the guardians in the division. When you win the division, you're the class of the division. You know, you're the hunted at that point, by definition, guardians won this division last year in 2021, the white Sox won this division. It was how are the twins going to catch up to the White Sox? Now it's how are the twins going to catch up to the Guardians and the White Sox because the twins did finish in third, much closer to the White Sox than they were to the Guardians. But as it stands today, Zip Step Chart or Fangrass Step Charts has it Guardians, Twins, White Sox in that order. Uh, Guardians, fair, you know, two to three win drop to the Twins, one to two win drop to the White Sox from the Twins um, down to third place in terms of projected wins above replacement. Are the Twins better or worse than they were last week? I think it's a complicated question because Luis Arise, as I've said so many times on this show, I looked up at Nash Walker 9, which is where you can follow me on Twitter. You can follow the show I Locked on Twins. I looked up at Nash Walker 9 Arise, like every time I've tweeted the name Arise. And it's just overwhelmingly positive. And I try to stay positive in general. But he made it easy. He made it easy to be positive. It was so easy to be positive about Luis Arise. From day one, it was so easy. He came up. He hit from day one. He never really stopped. He had some stretches where he struggled when his legs were hurting him. He was fun as a person. He was so fun, and he's a fan favorite. And I understand people are upset about this trade. I'm sad about it, too. So I'm, I'm right there with you. And then I think about it from a baseball perspective, and I'm trying to break this down from that perspective. Are the Twins a better or worse or the same team? That we saw in 2022 or than they were projected to be in 2023 it's a complicated question i have some more for you as we try to project out this rotation where the twin strengths are where their weaknesses remain and what they can do to fill those weaknesses before opening day it's all coming up after this word from FanDuel. the nfl playoffs are here we have our conference championship set chiefs are going to host the bengals the Eagles are going to host the 49ers. What a great set of games. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets. Guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. All on an app that's safe, secure, and so easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. 
Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen. Lockdown MLB Prospects with our host, Lindsey Crosby. He's a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. So the Twins, they look like a different team than a week ago. And, and we knew, like I had an episode last week, what would the Twins look like without Luis Arise? Here are the Twins without Luis Arise right now. And I, I pulled this up when I was talking to Matt on Friday. Here's a look if you're watching on YouTube at the 2023 Twins. It's a different group. You know, it's a different looking group. Kirilov is your first baseman. I have six names in the rotation, but it sounds like maybe Bailey Ober is going to start at AAA. We'll see who gets who stays healthy through spring training. But it's a different looking group. It's a different looking lineup. And I think there's a feeling that the lineup got worse for the got much worse for the pitching staff to get a little bit better. That's maybe simplifying it too much. We're going to know a lot after this year. I would say we're going to know a lot at the all-star break of this year, maybe with this trade, but in zips, which is Dan Zimbrowski, his projection system. It's an amazing system for projecting players. He has Luis Arise for 2.3 wins above replacement in 2023. He has Pablo Lopez for 2.4 about the same, right? And that in the numbers twins staying at 13th in total wins above replacement they kind of say that the team looks about the same. Like they didn't lose that much in terms of raw numbers, raw projections, because they were already, as I said last week, their identity is a dynamic lineup. The lineup is going to be less scary, less dynamic without Luis Sarais. I think that's absolutely certain. The rotation is deeper. And when you look at this move, like why did they do this? It comes down to this for me, like two big things, two big things. I think there's a lot of factors and many of which have been broken down Louis knees, his position, you know, age, all of those things. He's 26 with already with legs that the twins aren't confident in. Those are a lot of factors in this. For me, it comes down to two things on the twin side. It's a depth move. I think the twins have seen in recent years what happens when your pitching staff gets hurt, when a bunch of your starters get hurt, the position you're put in, where God love them, Aaron Sanchez is starting huge games for the twins in September. Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer are starting out a three game series at home against Cleveland legitimately for the division and for a chance to get into the playoffs. They don't want to do that anymore. And this doesn't guarantee that because Pablo Lopez himself has had shoulder problems. So it doesn't even guarantee he's going to be healthy. Two years ago, he threw just over a hundred innings. He threw 180 last year, but broke down in the second half and struggled. This doesn't guarantee you health in the rotation but it's a move to try to stay healthier and to withstand injury. Bailey Ober, and this is why I support a move on the pitching side. If you just erase Luis Arise and you said, oh, they're, they're bringing in Pablo Lopez, I feel like what's been lost here, people are just ripping Pablo Lopez. And part of that is because of Luis Arise. That's the stakes. You had, we had to lose Luis Arise for Pablo Lopez. But I've said throughout the, the offseason, he doesn't excite me. Pablo Lopez doesn't get me excited, but... He adds depth to this rotation at the top, pushes everybody down. And I'm hopeful as a fan that we will not have Aaron Sanchez starting games in September because they have ample depth. And this move was to add more depth. Bailey Ober, Kent Maeda, we don't know how many innings they're going to throw. Sonny Gray struggled with injuries last year to his hamstrings. Tyler Malley with his shoulder. Pablo with his shoulder. Everybody 
is kind of in the same boat outside of Joe Ryan, but even, you know, he's a young starter. You never know. You never know with a pitcher period. So you just, you kind of rate, you try to raise your floor of health in a way where we can lose two guys and not be completely decimated because we have those six and we have Louis Varlin, Josh Winder, Simeon Woods Richardson, who can hopefully step in and, and be okay in the rotation rather than, Aaron Sanchez and Derek Rodriguez is back by the way, but hopefully he's not the next wave. Hopefully he's the third wave or the fourth wave that if you do have all these injuries, you're not going to have to rely on Derek Rodriguez or Aaron Sanchez or Dylan Bundy or Chris Archer. Those days look to be over, which is great. And that doesn't mean that certain they are because we could get to that point. You know, all it takes is a couple sore shoulders and elbow injury and we're right back where we started. But I think the twins are hoping that this move further prevents that from happening more so than it was a week ago if that makes sense i think the pablo lopez deal uh is a depth move and i think the pablo lopez deal is a move for 2024 and derek falvey said as much always have to have an eye on today always have to have an eye on our future and the twins know they're most likely losing three starters tyler malley kenta maeda sunny gray to free agency next year and they want some certainty in the rotation so now you have pablo lopez through at least 2024 and the rotation looks much more stable on paper for 2024. I'm more, I'm, I'm looking right here and I'm a prospect guy too. So I'm always thinking about the future as well, but I'm focused on 2023. So for me, that doesn't get me excited. And for fans that doesn't get them excited, but we will feel better. Hopefully if Pablo is healthy and has a productive season, we'll feel better when the season is over, maybe with a parade having Pablo Lopez for 2024, everybody's going to feel better. I think much more so than if we were looking at the depth chart and we saw Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober, and that was it. Like it was last year going into the off season. It's you, now you have Lopez Ober, and Ryan. It's not an ideal, ideal place to be, but maybe Louis Varlin steps forward and becomes an every, you know, every fifth day starter. And now you have four and you sign one and maybe a higher upside pitcher. You see where you're just starting from a better point than you would have otherwise without Pablo Lopez. So I think those two things, it's a depth move. It's a 2024 move. And I think Miami really liked Luis Arise and their inclusion of two of their prospects. One of them is their best hitting prospect at MLB Pipeline and a top 100 prospect at Baseball Prospectus and in Jose Salas. That shows that they loved Luis Arise. They really wanted Luis Arise. The Twins were comfortable enough trading Luis Arise with this package Knowing Miami really, really liked him, they balked at a one-for-one. One. A Pablo Lopez, Luis Arise, one-for-one. Twins weren't going to do that. And I was glad the Twins weren't going to do that. And they they waited, and Miami bit. They wanted Luis Arise. There were more than the Twins as suitors for Pablo Lopez, certainly. Tw- teams with better farm systems. But this was an interesting pairing, and one I talked about throughout the offseason between the Twins and Marlins that made sense because the Marlins need MLB-ready bats or current MLB bats. And the Twins need MLB pitching, and they matched up really well on a deal like this. Not saying it's a great deal for the Twins. I'm sad about it. I'm I'm lukewarm about it. I'm not fully in the I wouldn't have done it camp because I'm I'm I really like looking at the rotation and knowing like we have Pablo Lopez in the rotation now. It makes me feel a lot better about just the stability of the group, and it is a deeper group, and it was already a deep group, health permitting. So I feel much better looking at the rotation. But yes, looking at the lineup, it's got a completely different feel without Luis Arise. The Twins are more balanced than they were coming into the offseason and definitely more than they were on opening day in 2022. On opening day in 2022, 
you're seeing like the I was tweeting out lineup projections and the top three of a rise Korea Buxton. And they said it was easy as ABC, the twins social media team and marketing department. It's as easy as ABC. That was a special top three, you know, and throughout the first half, the twins got on base. They didn't hit with runners in scoring position, but you saw the offense and what they were capable of doing. You know, what comes to mind is the twins going back to back to back off Garrett Cole, a rise Buxton Correa. I think it was a rise Correa Buxton, but back to back to back homers to, to start the first inning at target field. They were capable of doing a lot of damage, but their pitching staff was a huge question mark. You had Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, and, you know, Chris Paddock at the time, Bailey Ober, th there were questions. Chris Archer, Dylan Bundy, in the back end especially, and the depth. that there You thought there was depth because Josh Winder and Jordan Balzavic were expected to contribute. And Josh Winder pitched, but he had a shoulder problem again. And Jordan Balzavic had a knee problem. And when Bailey Ober got hurt, Dylan Bundy was their third best starter. And then Chris Paddock got hurt, or before Ober got hurt. And all of a sudden, yeah, Bundy and Archer are starting games one and two in the biggest series of the season at home against Cleveland. And I was there at game two when Chris Archer started and he was hurt too. Like he was pitching with a bad hip. So it, it just broke down in a really, really tough way on the pitching staff. And they got hurt in the lineup too. But the lineup when healthy was clearly the strength and the pitching staff was obviously a weakness. Now this team is more balanced on paper. It's more balanced. Like you could argue do they? I still think they have a better lineup than they do a pitching staff, but you could argue that they have a better pitching staff. I, I would listen to that argument now with Pablo Lopez in tow because I think they have one of the best relievers in baseball in Yuan Duran. Jorge Lopez was an all-star closer last year. They're hoping he bounces back. There's upside back there with Jorge Alcala. Caleb Theobar was tremendous down the stretch last year. And the rotation looks pretty solid. Since 2020, we know 100 is league average in ERA+. plus that it, uh, adjusts for the league in the park. Sonny Gray is at 120, so 20% better than league average. Pablo Lopez, 119. Tyler Malley, 117. Kenta Maeda, 110, although he missed all of 2022. Joe Ryan, 108. Bailey Ober, 108. So in theory, you have six above average starters who are at least 8% better than league average in the last three seasons combined. With Ryan and Ober, those are smaller samples because they were rookies and they're still young. Pablo Lopez and Joe Ryan are, I think, three months apart. I feel like people are perceiving Pablo Lopez as like this 32-year-old third starter, fourth starter type who's going to eat a bunch of innings at kind of low quality. He's 26 years old. Like there's maybe still more upside here, and maybe there's not. Maybe he's just who he was in 2022, which is an above-average starter and 32 starts and 180 innings, and that's valuable in itself. But maybe there's more. And he throws, you know, low to mid-90s. Good changeup. Very good changeup. Twins, I'm sure, have some adjustments in mind for Pablo Lopez. So he's not a finished product. I mean, think about how we how we view Joe Ryan as a 26-year-old. We view Joe Ryan as an unfinished product. And, oh, this perceived upside. Pablo Lopez is, is the same age as Joe Ryan. And I think he's viewed as not having that upside, although he's shown it much more in, a, in his younger career because he came up much earlier then Ryan, Pablo Lopez, I mean, I think there's reason to believe he can be the Twins' number one starter this year. And maybe that says more about the staff than it does about Lopez, but I think he could be. And when you look at numbers like ERA+, Plus, like fielding independent pitching over the last three years, Lopez is right there with Sonny Gray, with Tyler Malley. Uh, I think he, he fits that ilk 
of those two said Sonny Gray are better. I think Pablo Lopez is on that level. I, I don't, again, I don't get excited about Pablo Lopez. It's not Brandon Woodruff, but I think he's on that level. So what's next for the twins? Cause they are still looks like two point something wins away from the guardians and wins above replacement projections. Are they done? Cause now it feels like you traded Luis Arise offensively, you know, Kirloff, they're really relying on Kirloff. I came on this show early in the off season. I said, don't do that. Don't rely on Alex Kirloff too much because we saw what happened. You, you end up starting Jake cave, batting him fifth in the lineup because you're missing bats, but they've already made that decision. Maybe they signed Yuli Gurriel seems to be some interest. The Marlins reporter tweeting that the twins are in contact with Yuli Gurriel. Maybe Carlos Correa is recruiting his old, his old teammate to add just a little bit of depth at first base. Although Yuli was atrocious at the plate last year, maybe they add, you know, a veteran, a veteran bat like Gurriel. Maybe they trade for a veteran bat. I don't think there's going to be like one more gigantic move. I still think they're going to trade Kepler. I still think they're going to trade Kepler, although this makes it a little less likely because of those eight left-handed quarterbacks we talked about, Luis Arise was one of them. So he's gone, which makes it less likely. Kepler moves before opening day. I still think they will. I still think they will. So I don't think that this lineup and this roster is the one you're going to see on opening day. I said it before the Arise trade, and it already looks different. I think it's going to look different on opening day or just heading into spring training or maybe halfway through spring training because it'll look different when there's injuries. If and when there's injuries, it'll look different. But I think with additions and subtractions and trades, it will look different um, on paper. Here's the veteran turnover. Stay with me. Since 2021, since July of 2021, think of the Twins core. Jose Barrios, Nelson Cruz was at the forefront of that team. They've traded Cruz, traded Barrios, traded Josh Donaldson, traded Mitch Garver, traded Taylor Rogers, traded Luis Arise, traded Gio Urshela, and in turn, the veterans they've acquired, Carlos Correa, Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, Tyler Malley, Chris Paddock, Jorge Lopez, Christian Vasquez, Joey Gallo, Emilio Pagan, Cal Farmer. I'm sure I'm missing some. I mean, Gary Sanchez too, but I was trying to keep it to guys currently on the roster. That is insane turnover. And I've said many times about Derek Falvey and this front office, they're not afraid to shake things up. They're going to do it their way. You know, they... They're going to do it their way, and they sh they've shaken this thing up now two years in a row. I think to trade Luis Arise off this roster, just that move is shaking it up. I think a lot of teams would not do that, for better or worse, right? We'll see how it plays out. I don't think a lot of teams would trade the batting beloved batting champ, fan favorite, in a deal that's like not really bringing back someone I describe as like a significant difference maker your two prospects are coming back so that sweetens it for me and one of them is you know a top 100 prospect at baseball prospectus it makes me feel a little bit better about it but not blown away by this deal not blown away I'm I'm happy to have Pablo Lopez on the team I think Twins fans are really going to like Pablo Lopez I'm really sad to see Luis Arise go and I'm curious how it's going to impact the lineup when I when I searched my tweets at Nash Walker 9 Arise I had a tweet from, I think it was earlier this in 2022 that said, I'm really hoping Luis arises back today. The twins just lack their dynamic feel without him. Are they going to lack their dynamic feel in 2023 in 2024 in 2025? How are they going to make up for Luis arise? Is it going to be 
Kirilov, Julian, Larnick, a combination, is somebody else going to step up? You know, does Jose Miranda take a huge step forward? Who's going to fill in for that lost production? Austin Martin, Brooks Lee, Royce Lewis, who's it going to be? Because they need to fill it. And we've seen the Twins lineup without Luis Arise when he's hurt, when he's out, when he's sitting. It ain't the same. It ain't the same without Luis Arise. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do about that. The identity, it's a more stable pitching staff on paper. It's a more stable pitching staff, and it's a less dynamic offense. It, it absolutely less dynamic offense without Luis Arise, but it doesn't have to be. It just is on paper. You know, you have unknowns. I think I'm a huge believer in Edward Julian. I'm a, I'm a believer in Alex Kirilov. I just worry. <laughs> I worry about him. I think rightly so. I worry about Rice Lewis too, although I believe in the talent. You can see it working. You can see this working really well. It would be Kirilov stepping up and, and filling right in at first base with more power and maybe a little less on base, less singles, but more pop, good defense at first. Pablo Lopez steps right into the rotation. He's, you know, a frontline starter, number solid number two, which he's been the last three years combined. Sonny Gray stays healthy. You know, Tyler Malley stays reasonably healthy. You can see this working where they pick up the slack offensively and they get Pablo and they have a deeper pitching staff. They pitch better. They pitch better more often. They don't have those blowups as often. They don't have to rely on guys they don't want to rely on as often. And they get the production offensively they're missing from, from Louie and Miami. So I could see it working. I could also see it breaking down. You know, I could see Pablo Lopez with a shoulder problem. I could see the Twins offense um, unable to put the ball in play as much as they did with Luis Arise, or rather than put the ball in play, drive in runs. You know, with runners in scoring position, Luis Arise was absolutely terrific for the Twins in his career. They need to fill that void, and it was a problem last year outside of Luis Arise. So I could see it falling apart, too, where they're relying on players who've been hurt, who are unproven, and Louis was proven. You know, he's a proven leadoff guy. Could see it falling apart. I could see it going well. I could see somewhere in the middle, too. You know, I could see a mixed bag of outcomes uh, with the Twins. But overall, I think they're about the same just on paper than they were last week. I could see it going either way in 2023, 2024, and moving forward. It'll be fascinating to follow. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And I'll make your second listen. Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB Stars of Tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Go Twins.